0: Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life with a focus on holistic and natural healing. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Thank you for joining us. Now let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. Today we are going to talk about a bunch of different ways that you can decrease your toxic exposure. So this is something we've alluded to a lot in different episodes um, with just all the different ways that toxins can come in and affect your health. But today we're going to kind of go into more detail on what these toxins are and how you can swap them out of your life. So I thought we could start by just both sharing a little bit of our background on how we've done this personally.
1: Yeah, so i uh I got introduced to this topic when I was part of a, a chiropractic organization called Maximize Living. They had these, what are called five essentials, and uh, minimizing toxicity was one of the essentials. So I got to be overwhelmed with all the toxins that are in my everyday life <laughs> through just w- lectures and stuff that the different doctors would give. And then there was books that we would read that would also explain it. Um, so kind of the big, big ones for me and for my family at the time, um, we were looking at stuff that we were cleaning with know stopped using like regular dish soap um, dishwasher fluid um, stuff that we'd be cleaning the counters with and that's when we found I th- I'm pretty sure back then we found seventh generation um, just kind of a la- making the l- what we would call a lateral shift to a less toxic product to clean mm-hmm. um, I wasn't wearing makeup so <laughs> I didn't have to uh, make any change there but things like deodorant and toothpaste and um, soaps you know, so we went to, like, Dr. Bonner's mm-hmm. um, soap, using soap, switched away from using shampoo to just using that for everything. Um, eventually, we found Norwex yep. um, for um, cleaning products and even, um, you know, using their, uh, I think they're called body cloths mm-hmm. um, for yeah. showers and stuff like that. So those were the big ones. Um, and then, of course, looking for toxins in the food, you know, trying to do everything as we, that we could, organic and, and minimizing toxins. Um, hormones and, you know, antibiotics and all that stuff that's found in, um, the food that we eat and then cooking. So cooking was a big one. Um, we used to cook on like the nonstick pans. Yeah. Um, so Teflon pans, which is extremely toxic. So then we would switch to, you know, stainless steel or, or cast iron, ceramic, something like that to, to try to minimize those, minimize those toxins. So I think that, yeah, that was probably the bigger ones,
0: How one? long would you say like the process was from start to finish because it is hard to like not just want to when you hear all of this and find it out you're almost like I want to switch everything out I want to buy everything new right. So it can be very overwhelming right
1: yeah I mean if I'm remembering correctly so when I started to learn all this we only had one child. Um, or maybe two, but Creighton was my second child. Was, was probably very young, so it was it was pretty easy for us. We were also pretty young in our marriage, so we didn't have a ton of stuff. Right. Although we did get like this big um, cooking thing. Like uh, my wife's parents and her um, brothers and sisters all came together and brought us this uh, bought us this like s- five six hundred dollar cooking set. That's awesome. But it w- but it was all. T-
0: oh. Before, yeah, we got So we were like,
1: oh, okay, mm-hmm. we can't probably throw this stuff out. So we started to switch out. So we just bought one, you know, stainless steel pan, and that's what we did the majority of the cooking in. But we still use some of those other things. Yeah. Um. You know. Again, we we got minimized um, the makeup and stuff that Emily was using. So the deodorant thing is a pretty easy switch. The toothpaste thing is a pretty easy switch. Yep. Um. So it wasn't like. Okay, we need this list, and we got to go to the stores and, and make mm-hmm. sure that we get rid of all of these things. It was kind of picking a, an item one at a time and switching it out as much as much as we could.
0: Yep, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So for myself, um, I would say, after already making healthy lifestyle changes like cleaning up my diet and starting to exercise more, I really thought, which I think a lot of people think that that's all there is to it and didn't think anything else about the other stuff in my life. And then I remember watching like a YouTube video and it was a makeup artist and she was talking about how she was struggling with infertility and she was worried it was connected to the makeup that, mm. c- that she was constantly wearing and trying and all these things. And I just remember being like, hold on what Yeah. that can affect your fertility. And I genuinely assumed That if something was sold on the shelf at a store, that it was safe enough. That especially with, I thought, okay, maybe it's like, could cause like an allergic reaction or something kind of minor like that. But when I found out that infertility, cancer, you know, developmental delays and stuff, if you're pregnant and the baby and all kinds of stuff. Um, was linked to like almost every product that you see, like on the makeup shelf. I was just appalled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was very, I don't know, upset and offended, I guess. So I immediately, I had a great resource in Jill Bakken, Jarek's mm-hmm. wife, and I immediately dove into research and kind of came alongside her and just started, like, I switched out everything makeup wise and then. That was kind of my entry point was makeup. And then I started gradually switching as the more I learned about all the other products, the more yeah. I started switching, trying some DIY recipes, you know, for like cleaning stuff. Sure. You really can do a lot with vinegar and lemon juice and baking soda, but also finding some just that's a, some, comes sometimes a lot to, <laughs> right, right, to right. make that stuff. So just finding safer alternatives, but. Alright, so that's kind of my story on that. So first I wanted to just highlight some common toxins. I think it's really important for people to at least get familiar with a few. I know ingredient labels are really um, intimidating and like a lot of long words, but if you can just remember a select few ingredients that you say like, I'm always going to avoid products that include these ingredients, that would be a really great starting point. And Mm -hmm. this is a few of those really big hitters. And yeah, it's, there's, we're just scratching the surface here though. Like there's so many (laughs) that are so dangerous. So if you really are interested, you could, I'll give some resources where you can do a lot more digging into this stuff. But for personal care products, we're talking about makeup, shampoo, lotion, deodorant, sunscreen, toothpaste, all of that. The average woman exposes herself to 168 unique chemicals through her personal care products every single day. And that's a lot. And for men, it's 85. So men aren't quite out of the, (laughs) in the clear here. Um, But that is a really scary number, 168 chemicals that we don't know, you know, if they're good, if they're bad, whatever. So, a lot of people might say, why does it matter? Because these things are just things that we're putting on the outside of our body. But the skin with all of its pores, um, it does absorb about 70% of whatever it comes into contact with, which goes into your body and into your bloodstream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to say one real quick thing there on this kind of topic of are, are they dangerous? We don't really know because, unfortunately, there's a lot of these chemicals that can just be brought into um, into products and stuff that we use that aren't really tested very well. And if there is any sort of test, it's like a short-term study to see if there's any immediate reaction to anything. Kind of like you said, is there a skin reaction or mm-hmm. something like that. There's no studies on what's the long-term effects of, of these things. Or what's the long-term or even short-term effect of if I'm mixing a hundred some chemicals and then putting right. it on my body or in yes. my body? So, I- y- like you said, it's easy to assume, oh, it's on the on the shelf, so it has to be safe for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely definitely not the case because we haven't really studied if they're safe or not.
0: Yeah, it's so crazy and scary, um, and there's no regulations. Uh, some other countries like um, Europe. And Canada, they, and I think Japan, really everywhere but the U.S., <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have a lot more just like laws and um, regulations on the types of chemicals that can go into this stuff, yep. whereas we really don't have anything. So people can just throw whatever in. They actually don't even have to disclose ingredients on the label. So that's scary. And that actually brings me into the first thing I wanted to talk about Um, within personal care products it's synthetic fragrance and this one is scary because it can it's just a blanket term and so the word fragrance can actually be hiding on average it's hiding 14 different chemicals that don't have to be listed on the ingredient list and a lot of times of those 14 one of them is phthalates people have probably heard of this one I feel like awareness is raising but It's a really dangerous one for hormone disruption, like we've talked a lot about, and especially like if you're pregnant and you're growing a baby, it could cause problems with the development of the baby, so it's very important, especially for pregnant and breastfeeding moms, to avoid phthalates and therefore to avoid fragrances, and yeah, so... Along with that, 75% of products that list fragrance as an ingredient include thylates. So it's just very scary. And like I said, you maybe you're trying to do your best and you're looking at an ingredient label and one of the things you're watching for is thylates. Well, you don't see it. Right. So you think it's okay, but it's actually in that word fragrance. So right. Yeah.
1: yeah, we used to say if you're putting something on your body that has a scent, you're putting a toxin in your body more than likely yeah (laughs) unless it's like an essential oil or something like that exactly
0: yeah i'm always ever since i've made this switch like i'm hyper sensitive to you know perfumes and stuff like that you notice that or walking into someone's house it's like filled with (laughs) air fresheners yep yeah um, the next chemical on this list for personal care products that I think it's important to be aware of is parabens. These are also endocrine disruptors. These ones mimic estrogen, which I believe we've talked about, and that can cause so many problems in women especially. But in men, it also can cause some problems as well. So,
1: Yeah, turns you into more like a woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want that. Um, and then dioxane, this is another tricky one. It's never going to show up on a label as the word dioxane. So you have to really kind of do a little bit more research on this one, but this one is extra scary and I wanted to include it because it's a probable human carcinogen like declared by the EPA. It's a known animal carcinogen, Mm. um, But it'll show up as things like it'll be called Olith, Loreth, Polyethylene Glycol, or PEG, and some other ones. But this is often used in products that create suds. And so you want to watch out for this and anything like this. um, Definitely, definitely. Because it's literally like will cause cancer. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Another one I know we've talked about on this show before is triclosan. So this is found in antibacterial soaps, toothpaste, deodorant, and this, on our thyroid thing, it can disrupt the body's ability to uptake thyroid hormone and can interfere with other hormone processes and is very easily passed to babies through breast milk because of the way that it's stored in the body. So mm. that is a scary one. And it's um, because it's in antibacterial soaps, it's so widespread in our like environment. It gets into the water as well. And so that's why it's important to like have filtered water just because once antibacterial soap came on the market, I think everything like switched to it yeah. like without question, you yeah. know, without people questioning whether it was okay or not. So, oh, and I just wanted to note that I got a lot of this information from a website called safecosmetics.org, and this is a super awesome resource. You can look up these different chemicals, and it tells you all the products that they're in. It tells you um, the health concerns and the different names that you'll see on a label, and they are in connection with the Breast Cancer Prevention Partners, which is a great organization, Focus on preventing breast cancer before it, it starts, which has a lot to do with the stuff we're talking about. Oh yeah. So that was kind of a, just a hit list for personal care products. The next big one that I wanted to hit on was indoor pollutants. Um, indoor air is usually a lot more toxic than outdoor air. Burning candles, which is super common, of course, Um gives off chemicals that are considered more or as dangerous as secondhand smoke. Um, It's just because of when the wax is burned, it creates a couple of chemicals that are known carcinogens. And a lot of, on top of that, a lot of the wicks and candles will contain metals such as lead that is released into the air. And then not even to mention, but Most candles include synthetic fragrance as well, which you're breathing in. So candles is a big one. Um, It might smell good and make you happy at the time. There's definitely clean options for candles. So look for like a clean burning wick is a really good idea. And if you can find a candle that's a clean burning wick and um, scented by essential oils only a lot of times the, uh, they'll just throw that on the label yeah. but it'll be mostly using synthetic fragrances so if you can find an essential but you might as well just get a diffuser and diffuse essential oils instead yeah. um it's a safer bet
1: what are those what's that big candle company that people yankee candles is that what it is
0: i don't know that's like Uh-oh. i remember going there in the mall like uh, as sure. a kid and just <laughs> the smell yeah <laughs> that's strong. what comes to mind or, well, like Bath and Body Works, I guess. I'm thinking sure. for a lot of fragrance and home smells and stuff, too. My mom, I still can't get her off of those wall plugins. I've tried oh, yeah, so yeah, hard, yeah. and That's I'm what working was thinking so hard. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she just, she won't give them up. <laughs> <laughs> mom, if you're listening.
1: Or the people that have the tree thing on the car. When they oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Norwex actually makes a little thing that you can hang from your rear view mirror that you just put a few drops of essential oils on. So I use that. Um, Okay. So then VOCs, maybe you've heard of this. It it stands for volatile organic compounds. This is something that's given off by paint candles, laundry detergent, air fresheners. um, Like anytime you open a permanent marker, that just like that harsh smell that you get, That's giving off VOCs. And so any time that you can decrease the exposure to VOCs, especially if you're pregnant, um, is a good idea. So they do sell different, like if you're painting a room, they do sell low VOC types of paint. Mm -hmm. um, And just always make sure you have good ventilation when you're doing that kind of thing. And then, of course, cleaning products is a big contributor to your indoor air quality. There are no federal regulations of household cleaning products. They do not have to incl- disclose ingredients and the average cleaning products product contains more than 60 chemicals. So that's really scary. And then and these are I mean, I remember as a kid when my mom would say like you have to be careful when you're cleaning the bathroom, you can't use, you know, this at the same time as that mm. like that should be a major red flag <laughs> if you can't yeah. use two together because it might create like a gas that would knock you out like there should why do we even have those things in the house right. you know right. like there are other effective ways so yeah ammonia and chlorine are a lot of times in these things and anything that just like smells harsh I think for a while, because I was raised like that, I was kind of accustomed to think like, okay, it's not clean unless it smells clean. But I have, I've made some of my own cleaners and I just add like a lemon or lemongrass essential oil. And Mm -hmm. that gives me like the clean smell Mm. that I'm looking for. So, um, yeah. So cleaning products is a big one. So moving on from, so that was just to bring like awareness to these things. Now I want to talk about how you can actually make these decisions when you're in the store or just like looking to make these replacements in your life. So of course, pay attention to ingredients. um, If you can find them, if you, if it's a product like this and you can't find the ingredient list, it's not safe. I would say it's probably just not safe. So I would just not. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, pick a few of the common ingredients that you can commit to memory and just always look, this one's really good for personal care products. Like anytime you pick up a shampoo bottle, like be looking for parabens, thylates. you know, Loreth is um, one of the ones, like sodium Loreth, uh, sulfate. sulfate. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you can just remember a few of those, then that will help you if you're just like on the spot and it it might still have something in it that you're not aware of. But at least if you've, you know, gone through your list of five things and those aren't in it, then you're, you're getting better. Like you said, like lateral shift, right? Like it's maybe not the most ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you're going to get to it with mentioning some resources to just kind of help you in this. But Mm -hmm. uh, I I think even if you were to study and know all the chemicals that are bad for you right now, and then you committed them to memory and then you're going and you're looking, these companies, obviously, they're trying to sell products. So they pay attention to what do people know. So they're like, okay, people know that sodium lauryl sulfate is bad. So let's just put something in that's going to do the same thing that doesn't have that name. Mm-hmm. But potentially is even more toxic than sodium lauryl sulfate.
0: Like the BPA thing. It makes right. Of that, yeah. yeah.
1: So th- they try to, to navigate this whole thing so yes. that they can continue to sell their products and try to keep quiet that it's actually toxic. So, yes, know these. But... There's people like these apps and stuff that you're going to talk about that are always looking for updated information about, okay, what now what toxin are they using? Mm-hmm. So that way you don't have to continually be knowing what the latest toxin is. Yeah, because cause that's like impossible,
0: <laughs> especially for people who aren't <laughs> like doctors. and <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, that also brings us into the greenwashing topic. It just ties in. So... Greenwashing is just a term that we use in like the the clean beauty industry, where it's well, yeah, it's super common these days because of the trend right now and because the awareness is on the rise of all the chemicals and stuff. And so it's when a company claims to offer safe products with clean ingredients, but if you actually look at the ingredients and you're actually knowledgeable, the products still contain lots of harmful chemicals so Mm -hmm. it's just like they're just doing the marketing thing and they're they're knowing what people are looking for and they market it as clean or there's so many brands i won't name them off but it's just like painful to walk through target and see like this you know cleaning spray like oh it has leaves on it and it says natural (laughs) but it's like terrible for you um so, yeah, all they a lot of times will claim natural ingredients, but it still uses synthetic fragrance, parabens, petroleum. There's no regulation around the term natural. And this is definitely why it's important to do your research. And yeah. so on the research topic, let me give you some re- resources to use um, the main probably the most widely known resource for all of this stuff is called the ewg it's the environmental working group and their website does have a wealth of knowledge um cleaning products makeup products lots of other things where they'll go through you can search like clorox wipes or something on there and you can find it and it'll break down the ingredients and it'll rate them on a scale and tell you like how potentially harmful all these different ingredients are. And I, I think for cleaning products, it r- gives it like a grade from like A through F or something like that. Mm. Um, it's by all means not a perfect resource because I think companies can pay to, sure. to like get on there and so that kind of thing. But it is a really good start if you are just kind of getting into this and you're not sure. Um, And then there's a couple of apps that you can put on your phone. This is mainly for personal care products, so the EWG has an app called Skin Deep, and then there's another app called Think Dirty, and there's more out there, but these are probably the two biggest ones um, that are just really good, so they allow you, if you are at the store, you can pick up a shampoo bottle, you can scan, like, the code, and it doesn't always work, but a lot, sometimes it works, yeah. and it'll pull up the product, and again, it'll break down the ingredients, rate it on a scale from 1 to 10. So those are just really great ways um, to, like, start doing this. Um, I also like to tell people to save, like, like take a screenshot or something on your phone or maybe in your iPhone notes, a reference list that includes a lot of the toxic ingredients that you want to avoid and just, like, s- quickly try to Um, reference back to that when you're making a decision and a really important one i think is to do your research first and avoid impulse purchases so like we're at the point now i never really buy anything you know like laundry detergent makeup anything like that that might fall into these categories at target like i buy all that stuff like i've already researched everything Most of it I buy online and I'm never really in a situation anymore where I'm at target and I'm like, oh, I need laundry detergent. Let me see if they have something that might be clean because they probably don't. (laughs) Right. So that's a, that's a really important one I think is just to, to do your research ahead of time. And then, okay. So once you do open your eyes to all the toxic chemicals in our lives, it can be very overwhelming so, I like to think of just starting by switching out one thing at a time or one category at a time, starting with like the most chemical laden products um, and gradually working out from there. So, usually it's makeup or, or personal care or cleaning products that people start with. And then, I mean, you can get, we're like right now, I really want a non toxic mattress. We're to that level now, but that's like obviously a big investment. Those are not cheap, Um, but I would not have started with that. I would start with the easy things, you know? And then over the years, now this is the fourth year or something that I've been trying to make these changes. So um, yeah, it's okay if you can't switch everything out at once. And every time you run out of something, just replace it with something that's toxin free. As we mentioned before, DIY recipes can be really good and often cheaper than traditional products. Do you guys use any – do you know if you use any, like, DIY, you know, cleaning or anything like that in your house? No, we
1: used to. So when we first got into this, Emily was making – you know, she was making toothpaste. She was making deodorant. Yeah. She was making all that stuff. Um, But then, uh, yeah, it just got easier to Six buy Six kids, stuff. I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, so many places have good stuff. Now, right. You know, like I said, you can buy it online – I mean, I think even we would buy some things at TJ Maxx and stuff. They mm-hmm. would have some good products. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can find it, um, but it's just yeah. Once you kind of get to the point where you're, it just becomes, you know, kind of second nature that you don't buy toxic things. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes a little bit easier. But first, starting out, yeah, I think it's a good thing to just start trying to make it. Definitely. You know, and if it works, then continue doing it.
0: Yeah, one DIY thing that I'm always doing because i've never been able to find a replacement for this is kind of a weird one but retainer like retainer you know for your teeth because uh. i had braces retainer cleaner huh. so the traditional one has some some crazy chemicals and like adding sure. color and stuff like that and so with something that i'm putting in my mouth every night i so i just like mix baking soda and hydrogen peroxide and water oh, nice yeah so there's definitely – and that's way cheaper than buying, like, the regular stuff anyway. Right. So it works out. Um, and then other things to think about beyond just, like, the, the um, personal care and cleaning products would be, like, plastic storage containers, moving to glass. Like you mentioned, nonstick cookware moving to stainless steel, glass, or cast iron, and candles moving to essential oil diffusers. Yeah. So So um, – I know this is a lot of information, but I thought it would be a good idea to maybe post in our Facebook group a big list that I've been compiling over the years of the brands and products that I recommend, um, that I've like, done the research on, and also people in the Facebook group can feel free to post any products that they are unsure about and they want like a second opinion on. I would be happy to, to give an opinion and comment back to them. So yeah. yeah. So if you guys aren't part of our Facebook group yet, more reason to join, you can find the link, um, along with this podcast and that, that's all I got. Cool. Okay. So thank you so much everyone for listening. We hope that this was a blessing to you. Please share this podcast with anyone else who might find it helpful and we will talk to you next time.